Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Friday, December 11th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. Lots to cover this week with the Mayor, including local enforcement of the new provincial COVID-19 restrictions and the ongoing discussion around the Green Line LRT. Next, we look at the exemption within the new Alberta coronavirus restrictions, which allows places of worship to still allow in-person, indoor services with limited numbers. We get the thoughts of a doctor of critical care medicine from the University of Alberta. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but it can also be quite stressful for some, as it may mean spending more time exclusively with your immediate family. We speak with a psychologist for some tips and suggestions on how to avoid family friction during the holiday season. And finally, he's a very familiar face to Canadians, and now he's added singer to his resume. We catch up with comedian Brent Butt to hear about his newly released Christmas song and animated holiday special. 8-11 on the morning news. Calgarians are getting ready for the new provincial COVID restrictions to kick in fully this uh, Sunday. To discuss, we're joined by Mayor Nahed Nenshi, who has been advocating for stricter pandemic measures from the government. Good morning to you, Mayor. Good morning. I'm going to ask a personal question first, if I can, Ooh. because I have a bit of a dispute going on in my house. Okay, here I'm you. ready. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that you can tackle, I think, uh, because uh, you have a, a, had a real deep dig into the restrictions. I think there might be still a little bit of ambiguity. And my teenager, I've said to her, you know, something she's enjoyed doing during the pandemic, because we've had, we've had nobody in the house for a long time from outside of our household. Uh, she's been going for walks with her friend. And she said, well, I can still go for a walk with my friend. And, uh, you know, her argument is you can still skate with friends or see them at, at, at the pond, the frozen over pond. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. So this one's a bit weird. Uh, and uh, I will say that the one area where the province went further than I expected them to go was on this question of outdoor restrictions. So here's how I would answer that question. You cannot arrange to meet your friend at the rink and meet all your friends there and have hot chocolate and hang out. If you were to go to the rink and other people were there, it's not like you can't talk to them. You should still try to keep your distance, uh, your six feet, two meters distance. Um, It's better if you wear a mask. You don't have to, but it's better if you do. As for a walk, what I said to an elderly woman who said, you know, my walks are what keeps me sane is, look, if you open your door and your friend happens to be walking by, uh, you know, keep your distance. But don't use the walk as an excuse uh, to go for coffee. Uh, that's really not uh, what's in place. And Dr. Hinshad did clarify that if the primary goal of the outing is the exercise, then it's okay, which sounds a bit odd. In reality, nobody's giving you a ticket for this. Uh, there are more important things to focus on. Just try to be as responsible as you can and keep your distance as much as you can. Were you pleased, Mayor, with the the lengths that the province went to, the restrictions that they did put in place? Because I know you were saying that the city would step in if they had to, and then the province did make a move. Was it was it enough in your in your opinion? Yeah, I think it will be sufficient. Uh, you know, there are people out there saying too little, too late. It's not too little. Uh, I think that. In terms of what I was advocating for, in terms of where the science is, this makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, basically, we've left two major elements of the economy open. One is elementary schools, and the second is retail. And our international evidence shows that those two things have benefits to keep them open, uh, benefits to the economy, benefits to the businesses, uh, and they don't account for a ton of spread. Um, and particularly keeping the schools open allows parents to stay in the workforce 
uh, who are working in those areas. So this seems to me to be really the right basket of measures. But I will warn you that as cases work their way through the system, things will get worse for the next few weeks before they get better, and they might get much worse. A lot of Calgarians have had opinions of the rallies that have taken place over the past few weekends, and uh, we're hearing that there's another rally planned for tomorrow. So I'm wondering, yes, this is a provincial, you know, uh, edict that's been sent down as far as the gatherings, but civically, I would think that, uh, you know, uh, you and your team are responsible, or the city rather, uh, for enforcing it. Uh, What are your thoughts? uh, What could we see differently if there is a rally this weekend? I sure would have liked it if uh, the Premier had been very clear that these sorts of rallies are covered under the outdoor gatherings ban. Instead, we heard a bit of a meandering from the provincial government through corners of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that, shall we say, don't mean what they think they mean. Um, Really, these things are ridiculous. Um, They are serve no purpose. I mean, what's the point? Are you going to convince Jason Kenney or Nye Venshi if you go up and rally this weekend? No, you're not. And as I've been saying, uh, you have every right to be an idiot. You have every right to write a nasty letter to the premier or to me. Uh, What you don't have the right to do is put other people at risk. You don't have the right to threaten shopkeepers downtown or scare away regular shoppers two weeks before Christmas on the busiest shopping day of the the week. Uh, You don't have the right to expose your children to this kind of health risk and this kind of harm. And I think... uh, Chief Newfeld has been very clear about this. The time for education is is over. Uh, the time for writing tickets is in place. Yeah, I think it's it's been frustrating to people, right? Most people doing their part, following the rules, and then you see a group getting together weekly and and not following the rules and appearing to not be penalized. So I think it can get frustrating. Well, and and I should say that the organizers have been severely ticketed, uh, and under the public health orders, those tickets can be up to a hundred thousand dollars in court. Uh, for a first event offense. The police haven't been doing it at the protest in order to keep things calm. Uh, they've been doing it after the fact. They still can do that. So we're going to continue to do this. But I share your frustration. You know, it's it's like when the whole class is punished because there's one clown in the corner. <laughs> and the vast majority of us, uh, the vast, vast majority of Calgarians have been doing the right thing since March. We haven't hugged our grandma since March. Mm-hmm. And to have these idiots... Um, put that at risk, uh, I can see why people are frustrated. Absolutely. Mayor, uh, we have to get, take a quick break. Can you stick around for two more minutes with us? I sure can. 819, Mayor <laughs> Nahed Nenshi sticking with us this morning on this Friday morning. Thanks for sticking around, Mayor. Appreciate I, your I, time. It was just for the song. I stuck yeah. around because I was told there was a second song. Uh, yep, yeah, that there was. Okay, <laughs> hey, we want to touch on a couple of things before we let you go. One of them is these flyers that are being handed out to uh, Calgary Homes uh, with a whole lot of uh, COVID misinformation. Is there anything that can be done about that? Uh, probably not. Um, you know, certainly... Uh, if they were being delivered by Canada Post, uh, there may be some recourse. I think these are probably being hand-delivered, and let's just say they are full of misinformation. The numbers are wrong. The data are wrong. Mm-hmm. The tone is inflammatory. Um, you know, uh, there are folks, by the way, uh, behind these flyers who uh, have very similar websites behind their bids for city council. So let's use these flyers as an opportunity to teach our kids critical thinking. And how you ask questions and how you know when things are fake information. You know, one of the things I love the most about our society is that if anyone ever uses the term fake news, it's because they've actually been exposed to Mm. misinformation. Yeah, you're here. 
And so we uh, said maybe use that to light the uh, backyard bonfire with just your family. <laughs> so loud, but only for your family. Yeah, yes, that's right. Course. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You yeah. know, what I'm, uh, we we're going to switch gears and talk about something that has been in the city conversation since 1929. Well, maybe not that long, mm-hmm. but the Green Line. Yes. Just when you think that we're moving ahead, uh, a bit of a curveball thrown our way. Can you tell us the latest and where we're at with the Green Line? Well, in the city? It's not so much a curveball as in uh, a pause of the game, uh, which I don't quite understand. So this project, it's the first rapid transit project, I think, in Canada that is a true financial partnership. So it's a third the city, a third the province, and a third uh, the federal government. In fact, the city, because of the way we're financing it, when you include interest, is putting in more like 40%. Um, The federal government is fully on board. They're ready to go. The city is fully on board. We're ready to go. And the provincial government, you know, back in June, July, said, we just want to take a quick look uh, and make sure everything's okay. And remember, the city's been on this since, you say, since 1929. And we have hired all the best experts in the world. We spent hundreds of millions of dollars already uh, on getting this thing market ready. We want to create those jobs and get those construction companies to work. And the province's quick look-see is now six months and counting. And we have never been given the reports that they're relying on for the questions they're asking. And they just sort of ask the same questions over and over again. And this is awfully frustrating because if we miss construction season next year, That'll be tens of millions of dollars in delay, uh, and that's 12,000 jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> at a time when we really, really need them. Uh, so I'm really encouraging the province to just get the lead out on this already. Fair enough, and we're running out of time, but we've been asked by texters and by Danielle Smith. We would like to ask you, will you run again? Now is your time. You can make the official announcement. Go ahead. Right here on a Friday morning. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that this would ruin Danielle Smith's show if she followed this philosophy, but here's my philosophy. There's no time for politics right now. Right now, it's time to keep people safe. And I am normally a procrastinator, and this procrastination uh, has served me well uh, through my life. In reality, listen, i got to have the luxury and the time to ask myself some tough personal questions about kind of what I want from life. But right now, I'm just too busy trying to keep people safe. So as we get into Christmas, which will be hopefully a quiet Christmas for everyone, a very different Christmas tradition for mm-hmm. everyone, uh, hopefully I will be able to turn my head a little bit to the rest of my life uh, and have something to share with you sometime in the new year. Fair enough. We had to give Danielle her shot, Mr. Mayor. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, be safe and, and have a good weekend. Thank you. Take good care, everybody. Safe weekend. Um, as these new restrictions come in, just try to remember to support local business and reach out to people mm-hmm. who are isolated. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That is Mayor Nahed Nenshi. 8.43 now, and as part of the new COVID public health measures in Alberta, places of worship will still be allowed to operate, but at 15% capacity as the new restrictions kick in. But one professor is worried restrictions like this might not be strict enough. Joining us this morning, Dr. Darren Marklin from the Department of Critical Care Medicine in the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thank you very much. Let's talk about this. You know, we've had lots of discussions about uh, measures. Are they strict enough? Have they gone far enough? And, you know, there's a lot of concern that, you know, worship certainly can be done online. So why keep the the churches, uh, the mosques, etc. open when those can be places where the, the, the virus can spread? Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, we have seen very large outbreaks from places of worship. 
when we had active contact tracing. Uh, we lost contact tracing about a month ago just because of the overwhelming number of cases. But we do know that these these are places where the virus can spread very aggressively, and it also tends to have a population uh, that's a little older and more at risk. This is one of the exceptions within these new restrictions that doesn't really fit the rest of the restrictions as far as the seriousness of this virus and what we're trying to do. So, so why do you think this loophole has been opened up? Again, I think that you've hit the nail on the head. This, this is an exception which doesn't make scientific sense. Um, and it doesn't fit health policy. And it's not what we did during the first wave when we were very successful at controlling the spread of the virus. Uh, my domain is to speak about science and health policy. And so when it doesn't exist there, then this exists for other reasons. And those reasons, I think, are pretty obvious. Um, as uh, I do acknowledge that uh, mental health is a huge aspect of this disease process. And many people do derive solace from, from worshipping me. Uh, but there are other ways to do that. Uh, and at this time, when other people who don't have faith or don't have the same opportunities to congregate, that, that creates an imbalance that is not fair. Let's talk about the science of that then. As you mentioned, you've got uh, you know a church, for example, or a congregation of 7,000. Now you reduce it to 15%. That's still a lot of people. You know, If you're not wearing a mask and you're still in a space like that, the opportunity to spread this virus still exists, correct? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is a virus that has been tricky. And it's been tricky for one specific reason. It's not influenza like we thought when we started this. We've learned a lot. And there are super spreading events because, yes, uh, there are certain people who will aerosolize this virus and spread it in the air. And so two meters is not enough in those circumstances. Uh, ventilation is uh, an important aspect, too. And I acknowledge that larger places may have better ventilation. But again, because churches, funerals, weddings involve people who are undertaking emotional events, sometimes enforcing those things uh, is accidental. And it only takes a slip out with a super, one slip with a super spreader to have a mass spreading event, which then propagates the outbreak further. You mentioned the ventilation, Doctor, but at the same time, I mean, it, it could be if you still have a couple hundred people in, depending on the size of the congregation with that 15% limit, uh, the perfect storm. Temperature's getting colder. It's not like they're going to have the windows open in these uh, facilities or could do their services outside. No, absolutely. Uh, like I say, with exceptions, uh, that's what's going to kill us. It's cheating. Uh, the more loopholes that you put into a system, it's like tax code. People will find a way not to pay you know, the money that they owe. If you provide people opportunities that are legal, uh, if not about the right way, then you're not going to be consistently keeping this virus at bay. Anyone who has kids knows that boundaries are so important to enforce good behavior. And the same thing needs to be applied to public health measures so that people uh, can follow them. Uh, because I know inherently most people want to get this virus under control and want to follow the rules. But if we're getting mixed messages, then it's not their fault that they're not doing the things that we know they can stamp this down. Thanks so much for joining the conversation this morning. Appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. That is Dr. Darren Markland, Assistant Clinical Professor in the Department of Critical Care Medicine at the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta.
7.50 now, and it is the most wonderful time of the year, but it can also be very stressful when new restrictions mean you're spending more time with your loved ones than you bargained for. We're joined this morning by psychologist Dr. Brent McDonald with some tips on how to deal with potential family conflicts this Christmas. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, Sue. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for so much for joining us. You know, we're laughing just saying you can pick your friends, but you certainly can't pick your family. So sometimes you're stuck with them, like it or not. And it it really can be a little stressful when you're all kind of stuck together and can't get out and do the usual things. So tips, tricks, anything you can do to help us out here? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you're you're kind of nailing it in the fact that, you know, we've been with our family, not by choice necessarily. And that's a big factor here is our lack of choice around this. Um, you know, most of the time, most years, we can, you know, for, if we kind of get tired of each other or fed up with each other, just irritated with each other, we can just go and hang out with someone else, right? That's not been the case since March and largely and won't be the case over this holiday season. So we kind of have to kind of make do with what we have, which is, I mean, not to, you know, minimize the value of family because families are, are that's that's the core of who we are. Um, but even, the, I mean, the analogy I often think of is just like, you know, with holidays coming up, we think about our favorite meals, like turkey and, and those kinds of big kind of family gatherings and the, and the big meals. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who just, you know, I'm already looking forward to the turkey dinner at Christmas. <laughs> um, but, you know, day three, day four of turkey, you kind of get tired of it, don't you? <laughs> Same thing, like Christmas music, you know, it's great when it starts, and then by the end of uh, Christmas season, you're like, okay, if I don't hear another Christmas song for another mm-hmm. 11 months, I'm really good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, family's the exact same, is we love it, but we need a break from it sometimes too. So, um, you know, a couple of, couple of ideas um, in terms of just giving yourselves those mental breaks and that sort of thing is, it starts with good communication, mm-hmm. really it does. And uh, letting people know and being honest, while being respectful, saying, you know what, I need a break. It's nothing personal. It's not against you. It's I need a break. Using I statements, putting, you know, yourself and, and say, saying what your feelings are, as opposed to uh, getting into you people are driving me nuts, um, claiming that, you know, I am really frustrated and I just need some time alone, right? Those kinds of things can be really helpful, um, but it does really start with good, clear, honest uh, communication. Space might be very limited depending on your uh, living arrangement, but how uh-huh. about uh, giving people some space w- when they need it? So I guess you'd probably have to read their cues if you can tell that, you know, your brother or sister, you're having a you know disagreement with them constantly uh-huh. or mom and dad. Uh, maybe it's time to find another room. If you can find another room, great. And I do recognize that in many family situations, space is really limited. Uh, what's not limited is outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, that that is a possibility. And a lot of people have been out walking and, and doing that sort of thing. Um, even inside, uh, we can create our little bubbles. Um, you know, I'm I'm a person who really uh, I I love listening to music, so I'll put in my AirPods or uh, put on headphones, and that in itself creates a bubble. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm still around family. Um, but I'm sort of mentally, <laughs> I mean this in the most respectful way, kind of kind of mentally checked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to do that. We need to recharge without guilt. Um, and if that's listening to music through headphones or, you know, going to a room and just closing the door, even if it's the bathroom for, you know, 10 minutes, uh, take a shower that lasts a bit longer than usual just because you need that extra time or a bath. You know, those are, those are um, moments that you can grab regardless of space. That can be really helpful. Absolutely. Great reminders. Hey, we give our kids a timeout sometimes. It's not such a bad thing to give yourself a timeout once in a while, too. Yeah, and keep the focus as a positive timeout. This is a recharge, not not a, you know, get away from you kind of situation. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. 
My pleasure. Appreciate it. That's Dr. Brent McDonald, who's a Calgary psychologist. There's a bell there. I don't know. Hey, it's 6.09 on the morning news. We know him from the Corner Gas franchise. And now he's branching out into music with details on how he plans to get Canadians into the holiday spirit. We are joined by the one and only Brent Butt. Good morning to you, Brent. Good morning. Uh, wow. Well, that's a, we heard the bell dinging. There was a word that we couldn't make out there. Uh, but we're very happy to you know debut your song on the morning mm-hmm. news. Uh, thank you for taking the time with us. And, and fans of your stand-up and the Corner Gas franchise know your work well, but they may not know about your musical talent. So tell us about your newly released Christmas song, and have you always been a musician? Well, it depends how you define musician. <laughs> have I always played music? Yes. Have I played music well? Not necessarily. <laughs> but yeah, I was in a band in high school, you know, kind of a typical crappy garage band in high school, but we had a lot of fun. And that's kind of the notion behind the song is, you know, don't just do things you're good at. If you enjoy them, if they're fun, uh, go ahead and do them. I do lots of things I'm no good at. (laughs) So um, I had this idea for a song called Everyone Can Sing at Christmas, and they had some funny lyrics to it, and I told them to Craig Nordy from the band Odds. He does all the scoring, all the music for Corner Gas Animated. He wrote the original theme song to Corner Gas. I told him some of the lyrics. He thought they were funny. He put some music together. I wrote some more lyrics. He got his band The Odds in and some horn players from Ontario. Next thing you know, we were in a studio recording a song like I'm uh, Dean Martin or something. (laughs) I'm a Christmas crooner now. (laughs) That's super fun. But is it just one song or are you guys going to put out an entire album for us to enjoy? (laughs) I don't think I should put that, (laughs) put anybody through that much. One song is kind of fun, I think. uh, But it's, you know, it's a catchy, it's a catchy tune. I've been getting a lot of flack on social media from people saying, because it's an earworm. They're saying, great, now this song is stuck in my head all day. Well, you know, the music gets us in the spirit. We need everything we can this year because it's going to be a different Christmas. Is that something that entered your mind? You know, let's have some fun with it because 2020 has been one heck of a year. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's a different kind of year. And so we're looking at doing different things. And when the song idea kind of presented itself, we we ran with it. So now it's, you know, you can make it part of your holiday playlist. Wherever you get streaming music, uh, <laughs> digital music, you can find Everyone Can Sing at Christmas. Perfect. Brent, you know, you're a busy guy, uh, no doubt. You've always got uh, a million irons in the fire, but the first ever holiday episode of Corner Gas Animated will air Monday night. What, what can we expect from that? It's a fun episode. Yeah, it's our first Christmas episode with Corner Gas Animated. Um, season three finale, so uh, December 14th, like you said, and it's, uh, it was tricky to write because, you know, it's tough to find you when you're writing a Christmas episode, you want it to have a certain kind of warm, fuzzy feeling, you know, but dog rivers, a town where not, everybody's not so nice to each other all the time. <laughs> and so it was tough to find the storylines, but when we did, they really clicked and really landed well. So we have typical kind of dog river corner gas manipulation and backstabbing going on. Oscar's pretending he's sick because he can manipulate Hank into doing some of his chores for him by pretending he's sick. And so Hank's doing all of Oscar's Christmas errands. And Wanda's in a battle with the cops because they've claimed that they like <laughs> like Christmas more than her. So she's trying to flood them with Christmas to the point where she can make them hate it. So it's a typical kind of anti-Christmas Christmas. I was always curious, uh, Brent, because fans of Corner Gas, uh, you know, uh, when the uh, series as we knew it came to an end, it announced that there was going to be an animated uh, edition. Uh, basically, to me, it, it keeps the Corner Gas fans, uh, you know, happy. Why Why the animated? What was the push for that? Because it, it could be the same show, and I, I know you've had great success with it, but why was that important with uh, for you to go animate it? 
Well, the way it came about was, like, I, I'd never planned on doing that. We did the series, and then I always thought, after the series ended, wouldn't it be great if we could come back in a few years and do a movie? And mm-hmm. we did that. Five years after the series ended, we came back with Cornergast the movie, theatrical release. And it just was such so much bigger than any of us expected. Like, it was physically selling out theaters. My brother, actually, who lives in Calgary, called me up and said, I can't get into your stupid movie. <laughs> like, I was supposed to be upset. Yeah, and Cineplex asked CTV for another week of the movie in theaters. So the response to the movie made the network call up and say, listen, there's clearly still an appetite for these people in uh, this little town. Do you want to do more episodes? But we didn't really want to go back and do more of the same. And, you know, Janet's health wasn't great. And there was just a few reasons why we didn't want to go back and do more of the same. But I, I do love these characters, and I do love telling these stories. And so we said, well, if we were going to do something... What could we do? And I have a background in cartooning and illustrating. So the idea to animate was, you know, it was a pretty natural notion to come up with. Well, obviously it's working. Like you say, you're three seasons in and there's another animated series I can think about that's been going for 100 years, I think now. So obviously there, there is an appetite for it. How does it work? You guys obviously don't need to be, say, in the same studio, even perhaps even in the same city. How do they put something like this together? Yeah, we had to tweak how we do things because of uh, the pandemic. We used to get, you're right, you can do animation. One of the great things about animation is that it's very flexible in terms of how you can break it apart and do it in pieces. Um, But we always felt it was important to have the actors reading with each other whenever possible at the same time because there's a certain chemistry. These these actors are, you know, there's some magic when you get them together. So all the actors who live in Vancouver, five of us live in Vancouver, would get into a studio together, and the three that live in Ontario would get together in a studio in Toronto there, and we would act it out with each other in the same room in Vancouver and in Toronto over the phone line. So we had that um, timing, and we we can't get in the same physical room anymore, but at the studio here in Vancouver, we there are a couple separate studios, so... You know, Nancy and I can go into one studio, uh, Fred can go into another, and in Toronto, the studio we use there has a couple different booths, so uh, we can still record multiple actors at the same time, we're just separated physically. Like we all are these days. Um, I, I yeah. love it whenever we get a chance to talk to comedians, and, I, and I've uh, very much enjoyed following your career stand-up, and of course, Corner Gas. Uh, you know, your style, you're an everyman and uh, well-thought-out humor. Uh, you make people laugh for a living. So I'm wondering, what makes Brent Butt laugh? What, what, what uh, you know, is your fancy to give you a chuckle? I have a pretty uh, diverse set of things that make me laugh. I can really be entertained by something that's super goofy and silly, but I'm also entertained by something that's really smart and clever. Um, I, I just always like being surprised. I like when... When I hear a comedian say a joke and I think to myself, you know, if you gave me a thousand years to focus on nothing but that setup, I never would have come up with that punchline. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm impressed when I get caught on the chin like that. Well, the song is fantastic. Everyone can sing at Christmas. You can check that out. It's on YouTube, I see, is where we're watching it. And that's boy, where the video is, yeah. Uh, yeah, So, and the song, you can get it on any streaming service, as you mentioned. Yeah, right? wherever you... You get your digital music. You can find everyone can sing at Christmas. Perfect. And Tinselitis, Corner Gas Animated, first ever holiday episode debuts on Monday, 10 p.m. here Mountain Time on CTV Comedy. Thanks so much for joining us, Brent. My pleasure. Thank you. It is Brent Butt. We've had the pleasure of chatting with him, actor, comedian, Corner Gas star, and uh, what a pleasure to track him down. I know you've been a big fan, Andy, so great to talk to you, Brent.
Well, and here's the best part. He's in Vancouver. Uh, That's it's, early. It's, you know, we, we called him at 5.09 a.m. Normally That's how committed he is. get entertainers getting up that early to talk well, to us. The question is, did we uh, wake him up or was he <laughs> He sounded still, pretty alert, he, I got to say. Very much did. He yeah. loves his coffee, apparently.